Listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820 brings you Family Sanctuary, a show that inspires living the gospel message in word and deed within our families. And now, Family Sanctuary with host Peggy Hartshorn. Welcome to the Family Sanctuary, focusing on life-giving relationships and the family. I'm your host, Peggy Hartshorn, chairman of Heartbeat International that advances life-affirming pregnancy help around the world. And today we have a program that I would imagine is going to be valuable to almost every one of our listeners, (laughs) because it's on a subject so, so um, important and and so basic. Uh, We're calling the program Staying Close in Marriage. And uh, while maybe not all of our listeners are married, certainly we are products of couple relationships, products of, of marriages. There are marriages all around us. And I'm sure we're noticing that marriages are not as close as they need to be. Uh, and many couples are now um, seeking ways of healing hurts in marriages. Uh, there are many couples that have have consulted counselors. I'm, I'm glad that they are, are trying to find help. Um, many couples in therapy, these may be couples in your own family, um, couples that you know well that are struggling. And, and we're going to be talking today about the real basic asset of a marriage to strengthen it, and that is staying close. And what happens when we don't stay close? Our guest today is Greg Schutte, who is a licensed independent social worker and marriage counselor. And as we were preparing for the show, welcome, Greg. I'm going to introduce you a little bit more fully uh, as we proceed. But um, Greg really calls this emotional starvation, what we've been talking about in just the last minute or so, emotional starvation. And if you are emotionally starved in marriage or someone you know, uh, the couple is emotionally starved, their relationship is not nourishing to them, this is going to be the, the real root of massive problems in the marriage as time goes on. So we want to really, from the very beginning of marriage, uh, make sure that couples are staying close, that they are not starving each other emotionally. It's, it's a wonderful topic, and I'm eager to get into it with you, Greg. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you. So Greg Schutte, as I mentioned, is a, um, a marriage counselor, a licensed independent social worker, and the director of Marriage Works Ohio, which is based in Dayton, Ohio. Um, since 2008, his full-time job has been trying to help strengthen marriages, secular marriages, but near and dear to his heart is, of course, uh, Christian marriages and specifically Catholic, Catholic marriages. Yes. He's the author of a wonderful curriculum called Discovering Our Deepest Desire, which is available here in the Diocese of Columbus for use in our parishes. And, um, and it's also available in the Diocese of Cincinnati and also in Michigan. So, uh, Greg, welcome again oh, to you. the program. And let's talk about how do we stay close in marriage? How do we avoid the emotional starvation uh, that unfortunately is characteristic of so many marriages today? Um, I think you, you've told me that there are four major areas that couples need to focus on if they really want to avoid that emotional starvation. It's 
obviously communication. That's always people's number one when they come in. Communication. If they aren't communicating, they're starving each other of emotional contact. Conflict resolution. They don't know how to handle conflicts. Uh, Finances can cause a tremendous struggle Mm -hmm. uh, in marriages and intimacy. Right. I can remember years and years ago, I remember hearing someone say the major reasons that couples are in therapy uh, are, are finances or intimacy issues. So, and of course, as you mentioned, and at the communi- root of those is the communication. <clears throat> Absolutely. And, the, yeah, yeah. And, and I love your term. I, I hate the term, but it, it's so powerful, emotional starvation. And I bring that up because that's what I've been using more and more with my couples when they come in. You know, I see so many people. That's the hard part about therapy is I see people a lot of times when a lot of damage has been done mm-hmm. and they come in with a lot of hurt, a lot of, you know, anger, a lot of frustration. Um, and the hard part is, is they want to, you know, figure out who's more to blame. And I have to set that aside and say, let's start at the beginning. Let's look at where things started to fall apart, because once we get to the root, um, that's where you can start to rebuild again. And so I like to talk about these, especially with young couples before they get married, because mm-hmm. then hopefully they can prevent some of this from happening. But I use the the term starvation, emotional starvation, because a lot of people we can recognize what it feels like to be starved or to be hungry. Um, and they recognize this marriage. And, and I, I go back to the beginning. So if you think about when we're dating, you know, we spend a lot of time trying to win each other over. So we listen, we pay attention. We know what they like, what they dislike, what they're struggling with. And we feed one another. Or mm-hmm. I talk about being Eucharistic. We feed one another and we're thankful. Thank you. I appreciate that you did that. But then somewhere in marriage, we get so busy, we get so bogged down with things that we stop or we forget how to or we don't have time to truly understand how to feed one another. And we start to argue with each other because we're not getting fed. And we're saying, I need fed. I need that emotional need met. Mm -hmm. And that's where that emotional starvation comes to light for people. It's like, oh, Hmm. yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Right. And... And then when when hurts have occurred, of course, um, that tends to have us turn inward and, and we're not willing to feed the other person where we, we've been hurt. We've put up walls and barriers. We don't want to be connecting because we don't want to be hurt more. Right. So it's um, so but but as you're saying, and I'm sure your curriculum brings this up and helps couples to understand um how do we feed each other? How do we avoid this? Um, the damage is done, and I'm sure, like you say, you are you are seeing it in in therapy. Couples come in with problems like maybe addictions or um, uh, affairs, really deep hurts, um, major separation, uh, and and yet yet we can you can help rebuild, obviously, in in a therapeutic session. But before couples even get to that point. Let's focus on how do we how do we stay close? How do we feed each other emotionally? Let's talk about some of those ways. Yeah. Well, the first one is really about yeah. keeping God at the center, and we did a, a program on this just recently. Um, that people can find in the archives. That's right. And if you're looking for Greg's programs, <clears throat> uh, his last name is H S C H U T T E. You can look for Greg Shuti. Yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> yep. So we just did one uh, together on on prayer and and. 
So I won't do a lot of conversation on that, but really it is important that we keep God at the center. Because, you know, I've I, even, I'll push the limits with people who are not necessarily religious um, to really think about prayer and think about getting back to that faith because we can't do it alone. So that's number one. Um, but but the other thing that really starts to happen is we stop knowing each other. I call it the big no-no. We, we, we um, no, N-O, N-O, K-N-O-W. Yeah, right. Okay. So it's, uh, you know, we spend so much time before marriage really getting to know each other, understanding each other. We talk for hours. We, you know, because we're trying to win each other over. But we start to take each other for granted, or we get so busy in life that we stop spending time. So it's important that couples make sure that they are spending not just time staring at the TV together, not just (laughs) spending time, you know, playing a video game, whatever. It's one where we're connecting with each other. We're really understanding each other's needs um, and and focusing on that. So two things that I, I strongly encourage right off the bat is go on dates. I can't tell you how many times I'll get couples in my office and I'll say, when's the last time you've gone on a date? Mm-hmm. And they just kind of look at me like, uh, uh, <laughs> a year ago? Uh, you know, and, and just trying to get them to understand that it's important to make time. You have to be intentional. Sure. And the second thing is, uh, you know, especially with having a lot of kids, I know the importance of what I call check-in time. So when I come home and me and my wife haven't been together for a long time, you know, the first ones who want my attention are the kids, but I, I you know, pat them on the head. Okay, I'll be back. I find my wife and really find out how she's doing, what she's struggling. Does she need my help or is everything going okay and we connect and then I can go off and cut the grass or, mm-hmm. you know, do my So you thing. call that check-in time. Check-in time because, mm-hmm. you know, if I don't understand what's going on with my wife that day, what she needs from me that day, you know, I just assume than what she wants or what she needs or that she's doing okay. And that's where we start to miss mm-hmm. out on what each mm-hmm. other's needs are. I'm thinking of that too when before you separate during the day, if, if both of you are going off to work or you're going to work or your wife is going to work and you're going to be staying home, uh, check out time is good too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I can remember hearing stories. I don't know why this, this uh, stuck with me so long ago about you know, regrets that couples have. Well, that was the last time I saw my spouse and I didn't even kiss them goodbye this morning Yeah. or wow. I didn't even say goodbye. Um, and that's the last time I ever saw them. I, I've heard stories like that and it's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check out time uh, or, or if you're if you're leaving each other and check in time. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's a great point. Yeah. Great point. So yeah, it's that it's in both of those, it's really about being intentional. Because if you just wait for those moments to happen again, mm-hmm. before you know it, you've gone days without really connecting with right. each other. Right, and it make, reminds me of our of our marriage encounter, one of the concepts of the weekend that Mike and I have spent so many years working with marriage encounter, that uh, love is a decision. Mm-hmm. You may not feel loving, but you can make a decision to love. And right. a check-out time and a check-in time uh, are, are really good opportunities for that. You may not always feel like going up and and uh, giving your wife some emotional attention when you get back from work but how important that is and i'm sure she looks forward to that now right, she knows right. you're going to do that 
That's great. Yeah, and understanding your needs, too, because a lot of times we we don't want to trouble one another. Mm-hmm. I get this a lot from guys, and I don't mean to pick on guys here, but since I'm a guy, I can do it. Um, you know, guys will come home, and they've had a hard day, and they just don't want to bother their wife with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, they'll say, the, the wife will ask, well, how was your day? How was things? Oh, it was fine. Mm-hmm. Any problems? No. No. <laughs> And and the and the wife will start to feel like he doesn't want to give me any information. He doesn't care about me. He doesn't, you know. Right. And the guy's intention was a little bit different. Um, and this goes to my second point, which is what I and and I've started to see this more with couples is the disconnect between what I call intent and method. Now let me see if I can explain this because a lot of couples, you know, they're battling back and forth, and you can see the distressed look on both of their faces. And you start to feel like you want to pick sides, like, yeah, he's a real schlep or she's a real <laughs> schlep. They're just not fulfilling the need. They they don't. And yet, until you start to see how it plays out, most of the time, couples aren't wanting to hurt each other. That's They're, not their intent. That's not okay. their intent. Their intent is, I care about you. I want to do what's right. Um, but their method plays out in such a way that it's not helpful. And then there's this reaction of agitation we lack uh, that grace with one another, that patience. We start to, you know, fight with each other, and then there's this withdrawing. Let me give you an example. Um, one, this is this is from my own life, you know. So my wife, for many years, would say, um, "Let's go out to eat. Where do you want to go eat?" And I'd be like, "Honey, wherever you want to go, that's fine." <laughs> no, really, where, where do I'm you want to go? Because I can relate. <laughs> yeah, and and the guy, it, and ultimately, this is what plays out in the head. The guy's thinking. I want my wife to be happy. If she's happy, we're good to go here. That's my intention. Um, and maybe there's a little selfishness in it, but it's one of those, if I pick the wrong restaurant, she doesn't like her meal, then it's my fault. I know this sounds bad, but again, just go with this. Um, but if she picks it and it doesn't go well, you know, I feel bad for her, and I'm, um, but it's not my not fault. Not my fault. <laughs> yeah. So my intention is I want her to be happy. I want this to go well. But when my wife keeps hearing me say, I don't care, I don't care, then her mind starts to feel like he doesn't care. Right. He doesn't care if we go out to eat or we don't go out to eat. Yeah, or whether yeah, this... And so we do that in so many different areas where our intention is good. And so a lot of times when I get couples into therapy, I help them break down just simple situations to understand what the intent was. Mm-hmm. And then let's talk about the method <laughs> and why that didn't work. And then what does your spouse need that would work better? What would be emotionally nourishing for her right yes i can i can relate to that example so much because i can remember in the early years of our marriage um you know i'd say to my husband well let's go out and do something i wanted a date you know let's go out and do something he said well what do you want to do you know i said well maybe we can i I don't know what do you want to do his his answer was always let's go to the movies which i didn't like because we were just sitting looking at the movie that's right (laughs) We weren't having an intimate conversation, but I began to think that he, because he would always say, well, what do you want to do? And then if I would press him when he decided for the movies, then I was unhappy, but I didn't necessarily say that. You know, we weren't really um, communicating well, and, and I didn't like the fact that he wanted me to decide, but yet when he decided I wasn't happy with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's an example where we were doing both things. The big no-no, we didn't. We weren't getting to know each other like we had before because we were choosing occasions and and dates where we weren't really 
didn't have an opportunity to really communicate. We were together, would it be like today, doing a video game together. We were watching right. a movie together and not really choosing a, a date type activity where we could get to know each other more. Yeah, and the danger in that is that if you don't talk about that, mm-hmm. you're just frustrated about right. that. Sometimes what I've seen is then people will go and talk to others. Mm-hmm. They may not talk to their best friend, but there was one situation where the the wife went and talked to her mother and mm-hmm. she kept complaining about her husband and what he wouldn't do. And the husband got wind of this. So he shut down even more. And then the divide just started to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And by the time they came to me some 20 years later, it was almost too late. Right. You know? So so we need to nip these things in the bud. <laughs> right. When we see these, right. the no-no, where N-O, K-N-O-W, we're not continuing to get to know each other the way we need to in our marriage, or we're, we're, we are seeing a discontent between the intent and the method of what the person is is trying to do to, to show love or, or attention. Um, we need to talk about those things. Or what are some of the other really basic things, Greg, in your experience that that all couples need to look for in our marriages so these don't keep getting worse? Right. Well, then this leads into the next one, which is that which leads to more of that emotional starvation, um, where if we're not spending the time talking and we're not understanding each other's needs, how can we feed that need for the other person if we're misreading it and so a lot this of times, this is the emotional starvation. This is the emotional starvation. This is where it starts to get. So it's recognizing that you know a lot of times when you hear, I, I hear people say, "Well, my wife or my husband keeps nagging at me." Well, a lot of times that's happening because they're saying, "I have a need; it's not getting met." And so instead of fighting back, taking that time to really listen to what they're saying, mm-hmm. because in what they're saying, there's a need there. And for the wife who has that need, it's really, or that husband, is breaking down what that need looks like. Let me give you an example. So, you know, I might say to my wife, I just, I just need more of your time. You never give me enough time. Well, I think that that's pretty clear. But in therapy, I'll say, okay, I'll turn to the wife and say, do you understand now what, you, what he needs to be fulfilled as far as time? And she'll be like, no, <laughs> why not? Well, how much time? Time doing what? Great questions. Ask him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's this breaking down mm-hmm. now these needs in such a way that I know how to feed it instead of, and you get this a lot, we've been married 25 years. You should know. If you loved me, you should know what I, no, don't go there. Mm-hmm. Our needs change all the time. We have to understand what it is and break it down into bite-sized bits sure. and then feed it. Because if we have an emotional need and it's met, you know, we can grow from it. There's growth. Mm -hmm. If we don't have that, it becomes an emotional demand and eventually an emotional crisis. So it's understanding the needs and feeding them before the person becomes more starved for Mm -hmm. a need. And the emotional needs in general, uh, I mean, when you say a person needs has to recognize their own emotional needs and then share them and share them specifically, yeah. are people good at recognizing their emotional needs? I'm just Not saying always. maybe some people thinking emotional needs. Well, would that be if I could verbalize, I, I feel lonely yeah. or I feel, I feel I mean, so what you, is your you need never, in that? Yeah. Your need is you need more time. Right. You need more of your attention from yeah. your husband. Mm-hmm. That's an, an 
a need. Right. I'm thinking of, of, again, our marriage encounter experience of being able to share your feelings. I feel lonely. Mm -hmm. Not the you messages of, of you don't pay attention to me. I feel lonely. There's a need being expressed there. Or I can remember, um, as my husband and I were trying to learn how to communicate this way much more, um, he didn't feel appreciated that he was he was the breadwinner of our family, but he didn't feel appreciated. He didn't. Yeah. I, I somehow and I, that was news to me that I wasn't acknowledging that in 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 ways that helped him feel appreciated for everything that he was doing for our right. family. And if he could have just explained that to you, and maybe he didn't fully understand that. That's but what yeah, I'm thinking. It's People don't totally of, understand their own emotional needs, and yeah. what, that's one reason that it's difficult. Yeah. So sometimes a third person can can help. Uh-huh. That's why therapy uh-huh. is not. You know, not yeah. your enemy. Right. It's someone just to say, here's here's what I see, mm-hmm. and let's talk deeper about what's at the or root other of couples. that. Other couples can help sometimes see right. friends and family. But this is a, brings up, I think, the value of having these kinds of programs in our parishes where couples get together and they can talk about these things and help right. each other see these kinds of issues. We're talking about uh, programs like yours, which is um, discovering our deepest desire, uh, other kinds of programs that we can bring into our parishes. But we'll give some some um, uh, information about doing that um, in just a few more minutes, because we're going to be getting to the end of our program. You've got a couple of other issues, Greg, that I know that are important. We've talked about the big no-no well, first of all, we talked about keeping God at the center of our relationship. And then how we get into the big no-no, we don't know each other anymore. And we don't intentionally try to get to know each other anymore. We, and, and the disconnect between our intent and our method of showing our love and concern for the other person, they're just disconnected. And then the emotional starvation, that we aren't feeding the other person for their emotional needs, what they need. I think you had a couple of other issues that let's mention briefly. Yeah. Well, one is finances and the other is intimacy. And these are like talks in and of themselves. So I'm not going to even do it. <laughs> we could it. do yeah, series not, of programs on these things. Right. So I'm not going to do it justice. But the the one is that there's a lot of people that have a disunity in their, their way of doing finances. Sometimes it's just how they grow up. One's a saver, one's a spender. Um, but that lack of communication and working together in that is a part of the problem. You know, sometimes um, we we pass it off to one person and expect them to deal with the finances, or we take it all on ourselves because we don't want our spouse to to, to do it, or, or whatever. Um, sometimes it's we don't have a budget, we don't know what's going in, what's going out. So you know, if we're not talking about it, we're not working together. And I encourage people to not just you know put it all on your wife or put it all on your husband, but work together, even if one just writes stuff in the checkbook. So that you both know what's going on with your finances and you're working together to make decisions around, you know, your finances Um, as far as, you know, your goals, uh, how you're going to tithe and tithing together and where you're going to give that money can be very unifying, but it can also be very divisive if you're not working together. Mm -hmm. So um, it's, it's one where we have to fight against, you know, the pitfalls like selfishness where we're not communicating or uh, we're a comfort spender, and we just keep spending and not try and work through those issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I bet in a lot of cases, 
really facing into the issues of, of finances. You mm-hmm. know, they're, they're very difficult. Our, right. our income, our, are we saving? Are we investing? Uh, these probably create a lot of stress yeah, for and, couples today. And changing how you spend based off of, you know, for me and my wife, it was important. She wanted to stay home with the kids. So we really had to learn and figure out what to give up what the change and how we spend. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it really comes down to that working together versus just, you know, always being. Or ignoring the problem. Or which ignoring is... <laughs> the problem. Yeah. 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 And it's very similar with intimacy because, again, intimacy is one of those things where we expect just happens. Uh, we don't talk about it. It's, um, you know, one of those things where, and, and intimacy is, there's two parts to it. There's the sexual intimacy, but there's also the emotional intimacy. And so are we making sure that we're spending time talking about our needs around intimacy and, you know, trying to feed that in the other person? Because we can starve there, too. There are some people that, um, you know, they don't, they're, they're too tired, they're too frustrated, they're, there's pain, there's, there's difficulty with all of that. So again, like I said, it's a, it's a whole different discussion in and of itself, but the first place that it breaks down is when we don't talk about it and expect that it just is going to happen and be very good and very mm-hmm. wonderful. And again, we've talked about how in the courtship part or the early part of the marriage, there's a lot of intimacy in perhaps sexual intimacy, also a lot of communication intimacy. They're in that period where they do want to know so much about each other. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then as they say, life happens and they begin to grow apart. Um, all the things that you've talked about, maybe not keeping God at the center, uh, not continuing to try to get to know each other. And we talk um, about that in the in our program, yeah. how to navigate those times around intimacy and build upon that. So I think that's important to teach people about that. Sure. and but But what is ultimately going to result from all the issues we've been talking about, not keeping God at the center, disconnect between intent and, and method of showing each other. Uh, the emotional starvation, all of that le- will lead to a total lack of intimacy. Right. People in marriage encounter, we call it married singles. Yeah. They're married, but they're living totally singly. Well, as you say, Greg, we could continue with this, um, and we will, and look up more programs uh, with Greg Schutte, S-C-H-U-T-T-E, on St. Gabriel Radio in the archives. Greg, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. And you are all listening to St. Gabriel Catholic Radio with archives at stgabrielradio.com under Family Sanctuary. We're streaming live on stgabrielradio.com, and our program is broadcast at four o'clock every Saturday and two o'clock on Sundays. So please join us again to strengthen our families and make them sanctuaries of life as God intends. Family Sanctuary is a production of listener-supported St. Gabriel Catholic Radio AM820. Archives of Family Sanctuary with Peggy Hartshorn are available at stgabrielradio.com. Then he, so-